Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will help to empower you to become that confident leader to take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am very pleased to have Jan Freed as my guest. And let me tell you a little bit about Jan. So Jan is a uh, Freed PhD, is the author of the new book, Breadcrumb Legacy, How Great Leaders Live a Life Worth Remembering. It has just been published by Rutledge, and it's based on in-depth interviews with leaders in business and non-business areas. Jan's book serves as a guide to leaving a trail of meaning throughout your life and career. It is an inspirational and practical stories of highlights of how to live life worth remembering. Reviewers so far have applauded both its accessible writing style and insight revelations. A leading development consultant and previously published author, Jan helps engage her clients, companies, employees, as well as develop their leaders so as to support achievement of individual potential on a daily basis. Like a human GPS, Jan helps organizations and individuals get from where they are today, where they want to be in the future, at every age, at every stage of life. She is a certified saging leader in 2021 and selected to be TEDx Des Moines speaker and a TEDx Bergen County College speaker. In addition, she's an adjunct professor for the University of Iowa, where she teaches a graduate leadership course. After a 30-year career at Central College, Jan is Professor Emerita of Business Management and former Mark and Kay DeCook and Dowd Chair in Leadership and Character Development. And she writes a column in Training Magazine called Leading Edge for both its print and online issues. The title of our episode today is going to be Change and Personal Growth. And I think Jan is absolutely a subject matter expert in this. So please join me in welcoming Jan Freed. Hello, Jan. Thank you. That was very nice. I almost almost felt like I needed to stand and applaud. I mean, it's such a great, great background and and a 
a leadership subject matter expert. So it should be very interesting. Hopefully those listening and watching uh, have got their, got their paper and pen so they can take some notes or uh, definitely make sure you are going to get the, save this recording. So we always start with the easy question. Okay. What part of country, what part of the uh, world do you live in? So I live in Des Moines, Iowa. So some people call it flyover country. <laughs> we call it the Midwest, the heart of the Midwest, the heart of the uh, kind of the heartland. But oh, yeah, heartland. Iowa, which is the capital of Iowa. Des Moines, yes. So I mentioned in your bio that you are a certified saging leader in 2021. Explain what that is. Okay. <laughs> Well, actually, um, I've been a saging leader since probably about 2008, and there's an organization called Saging International. Now, saging is S-A-G-E-I-N-G, and so their website is S-A-G-E-I-N-G.org, and it's all about positive aging, conscious aging, intentionally aging, so it's about embracing aging and using our wisdom to better the world. So uh, I would encourage your listeners to check it out. It really, involvement in that organization changed my life. So all of that work then informs my leadership work. And when I work with people, when I work with individuals or organizations. Well, so you don't know this, but my maiden name is Sage. <laughs> I, love the, I love the word Sage. And it's one of my favorite words. And in fact, there was a restaurant in Des Moines that was called Sage, and they had a neon sage green light in their window, and they went out of business, and I bought it. <laughs> oh, so I, my parents would love that. Yeah, so in my kitchen, I have a green sage neon light. So cool. Very cool. All right, so talk about the partnership of change and personal growth. Well, a lot of people, Vicki, don't understand. People think change and transition. They often just use those words uh, interchangeably, but they're different things. And what I think is really important for people to recognize is that um, change tends to be an external event, something happening outside of ourselves and uh, sometimes out of our control. Transition is an internal process. So a lot of times people don't understand, you know, the external change is causing them a lot of distress or discomfort or, um, you know, ambiguous, you know, they're being very ambiguous and ambivalent, I guess I should say, mm -hmm. where when you understand transitions, then you understand, like I, I teach leaders on how to understand, you know, what does it mean to be in transition? Because particularly with the pandemic and everything that's related with that, not only have we been going through lots of change, but people have been experiencing a lot of transition and people need help with that. And yeah. if leaders don't understand it, then it's hard for them to help others through it. So, you know, any kind of change in your life is usually accompanied by some kind of internal transition. So layoff, divorce, death, um, you know, uh, a move, somebody mm -hmm. moves, 
Yeah. Yeah, A birth of a child. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. So anytime there's an external change, there's almost automatically an internal transition. And even if it's like marriage, even Mm -hmm. if it's something that you choose to do, um, you know, you weren't forced into marriage, um, you you choose it, it, there's still a transition. No longer Mm -hmm. your role in the family changes, your role with certain friends might change. So, you know, I say that, you know, change, transition, development, it's all part of uh, personal development. Yeah, for sure. So what is the number one lesson that made you a successful leader? Well, that's a very good question. Um, First of all, I always like to say that, you know, it's easy to write about it, read about it, teach about it, (laughs) hard to actually do it. Okay. So so successful leaders, you know, I always say it's a journey. You never really arrive. But I think the key is I leadership is about relationships. So the better you are at developing relationships, maintaining, sustaining, nurturing, all of those qualities really enable you to be a better leader. People are more likely to follow someone that they trust. And trust doesn't just automatically happen. You have to work at that. You have to build that. And it's hard to trust people you don't know. So you have to really get to know people. And involved with that is the aspect of vulnerability. Yeah. And here's just a quick little story. My last leadership book came out in 2013. And it was called, it was published by um, the Association for Training and Development. And it was called Leading with Wisdom, Sage Advice from 100 Experts. Mm-hmm. And one of the chapters I had, and again, it was based on interviews with more than 100 thought leaders, really. And my, and this latest book, Breadcrumb Legacy, is kind of a, an extension and it builds upon the last one with more interviews. But um, one of the chapters I titled Vulnerability is a Strength. And my editor said, well, is this book for women? And I said, no. I said, this book's for everybody. And he said, well, I don't think vulnerability is going to resonate with men. I'm (laughs) telling you, I was just a little bit too early because then Brene Brown came out with all her work. Yeah. And she just resonated with both men and women Mm -hmm. and gone, you know, uh, viral in every sense sense of the word. So Mm -hmm. for sure. So how do you, how are you able to be a better at leading a team in your organization? Uh, you know, I, I teach about how the, the world has changed. You know, it's not the way it was when I started in the 70s and 80s. And so there are five generations that you have to be able to relate to. And how do you do that? Yeah, no, that's an excellent question. And actually, several months ago, I interviewed Megan Gerhardt. Mm-hmm. And she teaches at um, Miami University in Ohio. Miami University. Miami yeah. University. Mm-hmm. That's where, where Rothersburg went to school there. <laughs> it's a great school. I interviewed her on my podcast. I also host a monthly podcast called Becoming a Sage. Mm-hmm. And all of this is on my website. Um, but I interviewed her and she has a book out and she uses the term gentelligence, oh. you know, kind of like emotional, uh, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. She talks about gentelligence, meaning how, you know, how well are you prepared to work with a variety of generations? Yeah. 
And what she has discovered in her work is that there are a lot of misunderstandings and a lot of assumptions that people make about different uh, groups. And mm -hmm. she says that it is something that we have to work at, that we have to think about, but that we can all learn from each other. Mm -hmm. And one example that she used that really uh, kind of stuck with me is she said, for instance, one generational uh, misunderstanding has to do with the phone. So she said, if, you know, she used the example, she was interviewing, I think, a doctor, and he got upset because all these medical students were on their phones while he was speaking. And someone of my generation, I could understand that. Like, um, you know, they're not paying attention to me. What are they doing? Texting, you know, Googling, what are they doing? Well, it turns out that most of them were taking notes on their phone. Yeah doctor was saying and so you know she just used that as a quick example that don't jump to some conclusions or don't jump to some assumptions too quickly um and get upset about it find out you know what's actually happening and so what i would say is you know when you're leading a team you know it's always good to start with well what are the goals and what are what, what common ground yeah. you know what do we have in common and how well do go back to relationships how well does the team know each other and if mm. they spending some time getting to know each other in social situations. Um, a lot of people think, you know, that soft stuff yeah. uh, it, it is not necessary. Well, I like to say that the soft stuff is the hard stuff. Or one, I heard someone say not too long ago, the hard stuff is even, the soft stuff is the hard stuff and that's even harder. <laughs> that it's just, or another person I interviewed several years ago, she said the fluff is the stuff. You know, yeah. that when you're building relationships that, you, you really need to, and especially, I can't emphasize this more, Vicki, since the pandemic, mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of research on loneliness yeah. and happiness and uh, how they're going in opposite direction. You know, just that um, happiness is going down and loneliness is going up. And so more than ever, leaders need to, what I say, pay attention yeah. to building community, pay attention to building relationships. Yeah, so, so very true. And, um, you know, it is, even whenever I was, uh, well, I still am doing project management, but uh, when I was heavily doing project management, the very first part of a project is, you know, the information gathering it, but even before that is to develop your team. Yep. And, and the time that you spent in that beginning will tell you whether or not you have a successful team at the end. Right. And I would say the time that you spend at the beginning is, you know, you're making an investment and you yeah. will have dividends later. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you get clear on the kind of legacy one wants to live and leave behind? Well, one of the, this book, as I said, kind of grew out of my last one. And the last one, again, was leading with wisdom. Mm -hmm. And one of the chapters was leaders live their legacy. And mm -hmm. that was the chapter that tended to resonate the most for speaking, readers. Mm -hmm. yeah, speaking engagements, workshops, coaching. Mm -hmm. And so I developed this concept, breadcrumb legacy, because in those workshops, I would say to people, well, when do we leave our legacy? And people would say, well, when we leave, and I'd say, well, leave what? 
Well, when we leave a career, when we retire, when we leave the earth, when we die, when we move away, mm. leave a community. And I said, what about when we, when I leave this conversation or I leave this workshop mm-hmm. or I leave yeah. this we're leaving it all the time in little bits and pieces yeah. that I call crumbs and these crumbs accumulate yeah. and they can be positive and they can be negative. And so what I say is when you're aware of this, I think it really can be kind of like a north star like a internal mm-hmm. compass to help you live your life yeah so so very true I, and you know i i think if people realize that everybody's watching you know mm-hmm. and and how you live it in those moments when you don't think anybody's watching is part of your legacy too it's what people will remember about you especially if that is the only time they ever have contact with you. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what, you know, what impression do you want to make? Yeah, that's very true. So how do we navigate our purpose in life? Well, you know, it's interesting. In the book, I talk about big P and little P. <laughs> A lot of people feel like, well, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Why yeah. why do I exist? And I think if we start with the smaller P and say, you know, for today, what can I do today that makes mm-hmm. a difference, that make adds meaning to my life? What would be really the reason? Uh, one of my role models and mentors in this work is called, he's called Richard, his name is Richard Leiter, L-E-I-D-E-R, and he's written extensively on purpose, mm-hmm. our purpose. He's actually in, in circles that I kind of run in. He's known as the purpose guy. <laughs> and um, I mean, there are others, but he's the one that I tend to follow the most. And, you know, he talks about what's your reason for getting up in the morning. Yeah. So you could think of it on a daily basis or you could look for, you know, and again, if you look at these as breadcrumbs, you know, then eventually they kind of add up to something kind of big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that compound effect, really. Yes. And and uh, I think it ties nicely to gratitude. Absolutely. You know? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And gratitude, as we know, research says, um, there's a book that I like. It's called Grateful Living. or Living, And it's by Christy Nelson. And she's mm-hmm. part of the um, uh, network gratitude network mm. Perfect gratitude it's a um, it's a great site I would encourage people to look it up but um, because sometimes I think great being great she talks more about gratefulness instead of gratitude because mm-hmm. gratitude, being grateful is kind of more active mm-hmm. gratitude sometimes I think can seem self-centered like yeah I'm grateful that didn't happen to me or you know um where instead of I actually in my book breadcrumb legacy I talk more about delight I don't know if you're if you've heard the, the book called the joy the, the joy of delights mm-hmm. and but delight is looking outside of yourself mm-hmm and looking for things that bring you joy that they may not have anything to do with you, but, and I think gratefulness is included in that. Like you're grateful yeah. you saw that, experienced that, or um, I, it's a deep topic, but it's definitely yeah. important. I know that 
years ago, one of one of the goals of our team was how can we delight our customers? And, and it takes you out of thinking, you know, what's in it for me and yes. keeping focus on how can I delight my customer? How can I make this the best experience, the best product, the best time for my, my customer? And then, you, you know, you, you reap the results of that because the customer sees value and benefit. Yes, I, I absolutely love that. Uh, a, a friend of mine or a co- professional friend, colleague, um, she wrote an a academic paper on the delightful professor. You know, mm-hmm. how can you delight students so yeah. that they like to learn? So I think it's very similar. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that concept. So it, the time is flying by here and it's time for rapid fire. Okay. So the first one is... What are some ways to support achievement of individual potential, but on a daily basis? Oh boy, I don't know if this is going to be rapid fire. That's yeah, a tough- the, the, this could be a longer one. I, I and I purposely, since I didn't have a lot of things above, I actually um, have some meaty questions down here. <laughs> well, I think that's a yeah, that is a tough question. I think um, you know leaders need to support. They need to, in whatever way they can, big and small, lift up those who work for them. Yeah, Leadership is not about the leader. It's about everybody else. And so I guess that's how I'd answer that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I often, uh, I guess this week, a few times I've had the discussion about, you know, we just have to get over it, understand that being a leader is hard. Yes. And and when you show that you can uh, get through doing things that are hard, People are going to throw more stuff that makes it even more hard. Get rewarded with more work. Yes. That's right. Yay for you. But, um, you know, I think a lot of times when people rise up, you know, the new leaders, when they rise up, they think life will be so much easier (laughs) because I've got this new title behind me. But no, it's not. So share a bit about your TEDx talks that I mentioned in your bio. I'd love to hear, you know, what were you, what was your focus of those talks? Okay. Well, the first talk was called Embracing Death, Seeing Life Through a Different Lens. Oh. And one of the chapters in my book is, uh, is called Embracing Death. Um, for a while it was called, it was called, uh, call me Dr. Death. Um, <laughs> Good change. Yeah, I know, because I really, when I was teaching full-time, I talked, uh-huh. about, I talked about death a lot. And mm-hmm. so when we embrace death, then we're freer to live. And one of the books that I use is just a complimentary, easy book. Because uh, in my leadership courses, I usually have four or five books, but it's called, uh, it's an older book now, but Tuesdays with Maury. And if you remember, it was made into a, I think a movie for TV and, mm-hmm. but it's based on a true story by Mitch album when he finds out that his favorite professor is dying and he decides to go see him. And he, then he decides to go see him every Tuesday and they just oh. talk about life issues. Yeah. In that book, he says, Maury says to him, when you learn how to die, you learn how to live. Mm-hmm. And when we know that death is inevitable. Then we look at life and time is more precious. Oh, and anyone who's had a near death experience, NDE, they often say that, you know, that my mm-hmm. life is 
because now I know that. So that's what that talk was about. And that was in uh, Des Moines, where I live. And the next one was a virtual talk called Becoming a Nobody. And that was um, virtual, meaning uh, recorded talk. Mm-hmm. live. But that it comes out of a chapter in my book called Becoming a Nobody. And it's about ego. The idea mm-hmm. that instead of always trying to become a somebody, why not be authentic and not worry about it? You become a nobody, but you're focused on everybody else. Yeah. And maybe, and I kind of close that talk when, and I, one of my closing lines is when you maybe becoming a nobody is really becoming somebody special. Ah, I love it. I love it. That's excellent. So how often do you uh, do articles for the Leading Edge magazine and and what kind of topics do you cover? Okay, that's a good question. Well, every print magazine is every two months and then online is every month. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just if they went to the training website, training magazine website, um, uh, past articles would be there. I tend to, you know, I have really freedom so leading, as long as it fits under leadership, mm-hmm. a few, I really can write whatever I want to write. Um, and I often like to do series because the columns are pretty short. Yeah. Several months ago, I interviewed Marcus Buckingham of Discover Your Strengths. Mm-hmm. His latest book is Love and Work. And I interviewed him on my podcast, which can be found on my website. And learned so much from him that, you know, I wrote like two or three articles about what I learned from him. So it's really a variety of things. You know, I try to kind of what's on my mind. Oh, um, nice. Wrote a lot about hybrid, you know, what what is the workplace of the future going to be like? Mm-hmm. People going to be asked to come back to work? It, what about hybrid? Um, you know, what should how should leaders communicate this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my conclusions in the article after research was, Leaders need to ha- let employees have some employees really like flexibility. Yeah. That doesn't mean they always want to work from home, but they like to have a voice. And I think mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I think what leaders have realized is um, employees have been empowered, that they feel like they have some power now and they're mm-hmm. not just going to march to anybody's drum. And mm-hmm. so, you know, ha- giving them a voice, letting them have some input, but also um, you know, setting some boundaries so that employees know what the expectations. Yeah. yeah. And and that is interesting because I know I retired in 2018 and from a, a large company. And in the last probably two or three years, our yearly employee survey, there was a lot of dissatisfaction. It actually was lower than I had ever seen it in the 27 years that I was working there. And it, and it was really all towards that, you know, wanting a voice, wanting mm-hmm. flexibility and, you know, feeling overwhelmed. And uh, so it's interesting now as people are starting to come back, you mm-hmm. know, some of that is being answered by this hybrid type of situation um, but the overwhelm, I think, is still there because of the amount of people that left and, and now having to rebuild, you know, the company. Yes, that's very true. So what would an ideal client be for you? Or are you just, 
writing and, and being happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I love to write. Um, and I, I'm very, you know, I'm glad the book is out. Mm-hmm. But I love coaching and I particularly love coaching higher education, professors, administrators, mm-hmm. you know, usually people, um, some of my favorite coaching clients have been uh, department chairs, division chairs, deans, because many times, and again, I can say this because I was in higher education for 30 <laughs> years, many times people end up in those leadership roles without any training or background. Yeah. yeah. Usually it's just because, well, it's either in some institutions, it might be because it's their turn in other institutions. It might mean, well, there's a teaching reduction and a salary boost. So sure, I'll do that. But a lot of people have not been trained or developed to be in those roles. And there's often conflict. And so those are some of my favorite coaching clients because I understand the environment. I understand Mm -hmm. the background. And, and you see that in the business world as well, where somebody is really good at their job, uh, the operational tactical thing, and then they get moved into management, strategic relationship and things, and they are not equipped. You know, they, you know, they might have a couple set, you know, orientation <laughs> sessions and things, two weeks of training, maybe at the most. And then it's like, here, have at it. And if you don't have that constant mentoring and coaching, it could be a frustrating uh, next go. Yeah, absolutely correct. And where I see uh, this the most, I think, is in sales, Mm -hmm. whether it's financial services or, you know, oftentimes top salespeople are not effective sales managers. Yeah. And it's a totally different skill set as you defined. So for sure. And I find it in the IT world as because they especially when you get to the people piece, you know, they like doing what they were doing because the computer doesn't give them right. drama. Right. <laughs> and now all of a sudden I have these people that are giving me drama and wanting to talk to me and, oh God, I don't want to talk to them. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and the last one is what advice do you wish that you would have been given when you were much younger? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, Well, you know, it's interesting. I fell into higher education. I was not. <laughs> so if I, and I did get some advice that I really didn't follow because I, it, because I you were young. <laughs> I was young and I didn't think I'd stay in higher education. Uh... I fell into it and I thought, well, this would be really good experience to do for a couple of years. Well, then I discovered I loved it and I started a PhD program. Um, I already had a master's, but I think, um, I think had I known that I was going to stay in higher education, I would have probably gone to a different PhD program. And um, because I love writing and, um, and that might've changed the program I went to. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we, but we, are, all, we all live and learn and then you make the best of what you have. So that's exactly right. And, and I think some of the missteps that we've, took when we were young because we thought we knew it all we're just part of our journey to make us who we are today i totally agree because what yeah. can we do yeah it is what it is <laughs> all right I'm, is. I'm gonna share my screen so this is a warning for those that are just listening in 
to grab your pen and paper so that you can get the contact information for Jan. So the website is Jan Freed, that's J-A-N-N-F-R-E-E-D.com. Again, Jan with two N's, Freed.com. She has uh, Facebook, she has LinkedIn, and she has Twitter, and you can find all of them with her name, Jan Freed. I'll let Jan talk to you about what she has for you today. Well, as part of this podcast, I'm offering a free gift of complimentary coaching call. So if you would like to talk about talk to me about coaching, um, either as a, on a personal level or for your team, um, there's a gift link that's on the screen. And I would welcome you to reach out. Okay. Um, so you go to janfreed.com slash connect. Again, that's https colon forward slash forward slash jan with two n's freed.com slash connect and be able to uh, take advantage of this great gift that she's giving you of a complimentary coaching call. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Such a wonderful interview today lots of great leadership you have such a, a great history and um, experience to share with folks I do encourage everyone to go to her website and check that out check out her podcast again Jan remind them what the name of the podcast is it's, the podcast is called becoming a sage and you can just click on podcast at the top of my uh, website I might also say that um, uh, can I hold up my book? Vicky? Yes, I was just going to say, and she has another thing for you. Now go over this way a little bit towards the middle of you. Keep it right in front of your face. There you go. There you go. Now we can see, oh, there it went out. There you go. Right there. Leave it there. So breadcrumb legacy. Hold on. There you go. How leaders live a life worth remembering. And if you go to my website, you can get a 20% off coupon or discount from the publisher, uh, I think it ends January 23rd. It ends next week. So 20% off discount if you go to my website and click on the order now button. And there's a banner that reminds you of the, of the discount. So that's another thing I want to throw out there. And if you buy the book or if you get the book and you it doesn't matter if you like it, but if you get the book, review any review on Amazon. I'm told is is uh, helps is better than no review. That's right. So, so you know, I'd appreciate it. But um, yeah, I'm very proud of it. I think it's it changed my life, and maybe it will change yours. Awesome. Well, that has um, that kind of wraps everything up. So, as always, I want to thank Jan for being the guest today. She's done such a wonderful job. Do get her book. Uh, I have already purchased it because I think it's going to be a great read for um, myself and I expect for you too. So as always, I remind you that life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling. 
where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.